Hi everyone, welcome to Backstage with Blur the Border, a weekly podcast where we go behind the scenes with some of the best fashion stylists in the country. I'm Sarbhi Shakla, a creative director and a fashion stylist. Today I'm going to be speaking with Eka Lakhani. Eka is a costume designer, a fashion stylist and founder of Team E, a company providing film, editorial and celebrity stylists. But above all, she's a storyteller. With each look, each costume she designs, she's either creating a story or using the power of fashion to amplify one. Her work has been featured in some of the biggest Telugu, Tamil and Bollywood films. As a stylist, she has been behind the looks of the best in the industry, most prominently Karan Johar and Ranveer Singh. There's so much to unpack in this conversation through Eka's illustrious career, so let's dive right in. Eka, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you. So your accolades are endless, but can you describe to me what your job is? What does the stylist do? Um so I am I'm, I have two job profiles I am a costume designer and I'm a stylist and they both are very very different from each other a lot of people get confused between the two because there is a blur line um so my job is uh you know living to the character I'm styling now whether if a character is a film character then it is converting the actor into the character by dressing him a certain way or dressing her a certain way and if I'm styling the actor then it is understanding who they are as people what their likes or dislikes are and what they stand for in their real life so it's basically a very different job like real and real um and i keep like jumping between the two you'd once said in an interview that you find yourself looking for a story in every look and that probably draws from your experience working as a costume designer for films uh can you tell us a little bit more about that idea and how it translates into the looks that you create You know I started working as uh, in films before I started styling uh, I was an assistant to Sabhasachi Mukherjee on Ravan Ravanan which was directed by Maniratnam and that's where I understood what uh, costume designing is and how it impacts filmmaking and I loved that process like I loved being there I loved being a part of the whole bigger picture of filmmaking you know I I understood how costumes uh or the way a actor dresses can help take the story forward like help the narrative and i found that this had uh you know it was basically using clothes as a powerful medium to enhance the story in some way or the other and i've often said this that my love for film is way bigger than my love for fashion which is why the story is so important to me um so when i'm dressing an actor for in a film you know i'm just making them into the character to a point where the audiences forget the real actor and look at it as look at him as a character uh and this is why i wasn't too keen on styling beforehand but then later when i started working with ranveer and karan and i realized that both of them were as passionate about dressing themselves on their daily life i realized that this is where you know every outfit that they wear also put they put in that much more into telling a story of the whole look and that's when i started enjoying being a stylist uh, you know there's equal amount of thought that goes in equal amount of passion that goes in why are we choosing an outfit why are we choosing a designer why are we choosing an accessory and how are we putting it all together to say one story uh, with the picture you know a collaborative job of the photographer of me of the makeup person the hairstylist i think and the actor himself like karan or ranveer who i style most often 
it may give me equal joy very late in my career. And that's why now I've started enjoying being a stylist as well. I think that's because you found the right people. I think I found the right people who who wanted to put in that much that I always want to put. What are the most challenging aspects of your job that you find are a little difficult or barriers, so to speak? Uh, as a stylist, I feel it, it often gets difficult to meet the timelines. You know, uh, styling is a much more fast-paced job than costume designing. And as a stylist, uh, you're often, there are a lot of things which are not in your own hands. Your couriers get stuck. There is a new event almost every second day. It, it just becomes so fast-paced that sometimes you're just running the rut and not really uh, taking up, you know, you need to stand away and look at what you're doing from an outside perspective. And that sometimes gets lost as a stylist. Um, you know, you don't want to miss out on who the person really is in the need of creating a good look, which is going to get an end number of likes or n number of hits. Uh, you need to be true to the person who you're styling. So I guess that is somewhere sometimes difficult to pay attention to when it's such a fast-paced job. Yeah. Do you think that the these kind of challenges that you face now at this stage in your career kind of different from what you faced early on? You know, uh, ironically, I feel that early on, earlier on in your career, you're much more uh, easier on yourself, you know. But there is, the fear of failure is lesser. The fear of disappointing the audiences or disappointing the actor or disappointing people who are watching your space is lesser because you are new to the job and you are fresh and you just want to do work which makes you feel happy. It's only later on when you are associated with certain names or when you are associated to give out certain kind of work, do you start putting the pressure on yourself that I have to live up to this. And that's when everything goes wrong. Like I feel when I was 23 and 24 and I was working, I had zero failure or fear of failure. I had zero, uh, I, I wasn't afraid of doing anything. I wasn't afraid of reaching out to anybody. I wasn't afraid of putting some very opposite things together. But now I would think about it much more. I would think whether it's right. I would think if it's ethical. I would think if it's going to work, if it's not going to work. I feel that that, that, that added, builded pressure is self-implicated. Um, I'm just picking up on something that you said. If reaching out to somebody is ethical, what do you mean? Uh, you have to be more brand conscious. You have to be more uh, audience conscious. You have to see what you are doing because at the end of the day, uh, when you are dressing people who are, uh, you know, high up there in the industry, uh, who affect the audience's choice as well, uh, you want to do right to, you know, certain brands. Uh, there are certain brands which are like fast fashion. You want to put a pause to it. You want to Put, push out sustainability. Uh, you want to see, I mean, I want to see that I can, I, I keep trying to repeat the outfits, you know, and how can we manage to repeat it, styling them differently. I just feel you need to do that. Like when the whole Balenciaga story Gaga went on, it was a choice, an ethical choice to not use Balenciaga for a while till there was redemption. So I feel I mean that, that you need to be ethical, you need to keep your choices in the right space and not just go by the look itself. Yeah, it, it is uh, a job that requires you to be extremely mindful yeah. of your surroundings, for sure. And I think that that isn't something that a lot of people pick up on. Generally, they are only seeing the last, the end product. The end product, yeah. Yeah. When you were working on PS1 and you recently won another award uh, for your work on the film, I read that you traveled to Tanjore temples and met weavers um, and understood the heritage before you began your work on the film. Um, can you tell me a little bit more about that process? 
PS1 is, I feel, by far the most difficult film that I have ever done and probably will do for a really long time. Um, PS1 is a, is a blur between mythological and fictional uh, and historical. Uh, it's a novel, you know, which is actually historical where there are cholas and pandyas and, you know, and then there is fictional characters added to it. It was a novel that was written by uh, Kalki and we remade it. So when this movie was offered to me, I had to really, because I am from Bombay, I am a, a Gujarati girl, you know, I do, I didn't know much about the history. Uh, and Mani sir told me that, Eka, you need to go on a recce, which I have never done for a film. You know, usually the direction team or the DOP and the director, they go for reccees. But this time I had to go on a costume recce. Uh, he wanted me to go to the temples and, you know, study the temples, study the sculptures, study the art that is done to understand how I can incorporate the costumes. Because honestly, uh, the, the visual reference that you have of this era uh, is from the 15th century and what we have from, uh, from the 15th century and what we were showing was the 10th century. Uh, so we had to do the referencing, visual referencing and then go back a couple of eras and, you know, Im use our imaginations. We had illustrations that were uh, there uh, by this illustrator called Maniam who worked closely with Kalki. So it was a lot to study. I had a researcher travel with me uh, you know, we went, we studied the sculptures. Most of them were top bare. And now we can't show that in a film. So then we use your imagination and give the whole sculpted look, but then give it with costumes. Um, you know, met the weavers, understood what motifs were used back then, what were the methods of weaving Zari onto a silk kanjiwaram at the time. Um, we used all of this and, you know, kind of made our base outfit. So it was a lot of, this film was very research heavy also because the story is so special to lots of generations. PS1 was a film which was eventually watched and loved most by people who were in the 80s, then the 70s and, so it's, and the youngsters today. So it was a film that every generation had to connect with. And so I had to be really thorough with the research work. Exactly, because it's it's part of the heritage. It's part of the heritage, it's part of their culture, their references that they take in their daily lives, you know. Um, and I didn't want to disappoint. I didn't want fingers pointing my way that you've not, you are from Bombay and you've not given our uh, culture equal research, you yeah. know, and I didn't want to disappoint them. So I guess, and I didn't want to disappoint Mani, sir, because it is his dream project. So I think all that pressure is what made me do things that I wouldn't have done for another film. And I'm really happy because it's paid off. Uh, yeah. You know, everybody's looks have been appreciated and have won awards. <laughs> so I'm very happy about it. You know, when you work on something like this, while you're leading the project in terms of, you know, the department, the costume department, it does take everybody in the costume team to be on the same page. Absolutely. Right? Um, can you talk me through your journey of scaling up and founding Team E and... What was behind your incentive to build out that company? You know, what I realized that I, in, in the beginning of my career, I was really lucky. I was at the right place at the right time. I was discovered by uh, iconic people in the industry who gave me my break. But not everybody gets to do this. You know, not, not everybody is as lucky as I am. And they work really hard and they're super talented, but they don't get a break. Um, and I realized this when my team of assistants, I realized were as talented, more hardworking, you know, than me. And I realized that the only way I could do something is give them a platform. 
Uh, that's how Teamy started. So everyone who was in my team, and I keep scaling my team up based on the work that I'm doing. So I, as of now, have a really nice team of 25 to 28 very hardworking assistants. Uh, what happens is when any of the assistants cross a three to four year period with me, and I feel that they're ready to take up a film by themselves. Um, a lot of films are offered to me and some of the films I can't take up because of date issues. So I always offer services of my team and I give them a platform to become independent costume designers or independent stylists. Uh, and this is how Teamy was started and Teamy has done a lot of projects now and I have some really good stylists and costume designers. It gives them a platform. It gives the directors, the producers feel a little more secure that these are newcomers, but at least they have Eka at the back. If something goes wrong, Eka will step in. So it's a win-win for both of them. And then it's a win-win for me because my assistants who've been my prodigies are not going away. They're still with me. Yeah, exactly. And so what would you say are the three things that you look for in somebody that wants to work with you? Um, so I have a very, very unique way of hiring people. I don't hire my assistants. My assistants hire my assistants. Really? So Yeah. So it's like I tell them, listen, I'm going to deal with y'all. Y'all are going to deal with them first. I will deal with them eventually. So you meet the new people, you interview them, you get them on board, work with them for a week. And if y'all are happy, I will work with them. Uh, but this is also my most trusted people who were hired in the same way. I've always hired people like that. So I do look at a good education because I feel it's really important to have an education in fashion before you start off. I'm not saying it's a mandatory, but it's good when you come with a with an education in fashion. Um, and, and it's an ongoing education as well. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so, so I guess that I, I look for that and then... Uh, it always has to start with an internship for me. Even if you have worked elsewhere and you're coming on, I, I prefer taking people on an internship level so I can gauge what they can do and you know they can gauge what we are going to do. Uh, because it's very different when you work with different people. Yeah, everyone has their own style. You know that. Um, so yeah, so it starts with an internship and then I always tell them I'm not looking at a short-term relationship. I am someone who believes in a lifelong relationship and every relationship in my life. So... Um, if they are ready for that kind of a commitment, they are on board and we grow together. So we move into the next segment, which is a little bit of an industry deep dive. Um, as stylists, we're deeply embedded in the fashion industry and tend to understand the different aspects of the job. Um, but I want to get your perspective on the industry as it exists today. It is a very demanding job. Uh, with short deadlines and long working hours. Um, but what, according to you, is something in the industry that can change? Uh, I feel we all need to enjoy the process a bit more than we do. And we need to enjoy the end result a bit more. We need Before we jump on to the next look, we need to take a pause and enjoy the look that we've given out. We need to let the audiences enjoy it more than 24 hours, you know, with the whole social media where every look that is out is lasting only 24 hours and then we move on. I feel cheated for what I'm putting in, you know, with that. I, I want it to be a little more long-lasting. And for the designers as well, no? Like, and for the designers as well. Just, I mean, we're not making something only for a moment. We 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 want it to be something that is cherished for longer. Um, how do you think we could change that? We could change the approach to, you know, looking at something and then forgetting about it and moving swiftly like right along to the next thing. See, the whole industry is so fast-paced that I don't know whether we can skip doing looks, but what we can do is we can repeat the looks. We can mm -hmm. style the looks in a different way. We can, uh, you know, the, relive the archives 
in in a more frequent way in some way or the other like i think it's a personal choice and i think every stylist can do something on their end to make this a little more or uh, have a longer shelf life than it does yeah and what do you think is the obstacle that gets in the way of us doing that uh i feel it's all it's a two way process right the audience is done with the look the minute they see it and they want something else and we keep giving that so it's it's like you know if you put out less the the, the expectation of it coming sooner is going to be less ek of course the job looks extremely glamorous from the out to a spectator um but there's a lot of moving parts in the back end that a lot of people do not know about would you like to talk about some of those things the thing is it is a glamorous job and 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 we do have a lot of perks being in this industry you know you get to work with the best of people you get to use the best of the designer outfits it was a privilege for me as a student designer to even hold these outfits so i know that how how precious it is to have uh, the ability to work with certain designers with certain actors with certain celebrities um you get name you get fame you get money you know you get all of that uh, you live a lifestyle which is something that people want to do and you know look up to uh what you don't get to see is that there is a lot of stress there is a lot of disappointments there is a lot of physical issues that we face we carry clothes we are bending we are folding our shoulders you know it, it, if you are not fit you can't really sustain and besides these are just basic everyday issues i'm talking about there is there are larger issues on a if and you know my father always used to say this that when you're working in a corporate a 9 to 5 job your your basically your health insurance is covered you know what what guarantee do i have tomorrow once i stop working do i have anyone looking after my health insurance no do i have a pension no what is my tomorrow i don't know uh, i do not have a company i i am a proprietorship so then what happens is i don't have a thing that i could sell to somebody i don't have anything if i stop working tomorrow and that is the fear that comes when you're working as a stylist unless you decide to build something else unless you decide to have another brand or have another company and uh, it was one of the reasons why i probably started team e that even if i retire there is a retirement plan but not many stylists know of this i'm someone who's lucky and my father's always looked into my investments but not a lot of stylists can do that you know we we live for a uh, on a day to day job we earn the money we spend it on a lifestyle but there is nothing to fall back on tomorrow if things don't go well uh, what if i fall ill what if i can't use my hand there is absolutely nothing that i can do and i'll i'll be jobless yeah so there's a glaring uh, difference in styling on the regular versus costume design absolutely like i feel costume design is so much there is a lot of research work that goes in there's a lot of living through a character you know with the director and in costume design you're actually helping the director take the story forward with the means of fashion like that's what your job is and which is what i love about it that how can i make this a more real approach for the director like i'll ask very stupid questions like i'll ask what are what are her if if, if i'm designing for a for an actress i'll ask what does this character like to hear what kind of music does she like what is what what is it that she's eating every day how do you see her at home like even if it's an office scene or it's an event scene i just want to know all about her life as the director has visualized it you know i'll use certain kind of hair clips so i'll use certain kind of a watch which has nothing to do with the film or nothing to do with the style change. exactly but you you can you create a personality which is what i enjoy and i feel that it you live longer with that character so it's it's something that i really look forward to doing i don't think that people think about that yeah yeah 
And so what do you think are the most exciting developments that you see in the industry? Something that's changed from the past? Oh, well, our, our homegrown brands are just killing it. Like we have such amazing brands. We have such amazing labels, designers that are coming up. We see so much of sustainability. We see so much of Indian textile and Indian art form being used on outfits on a day-to-day basis and making it even, you know, casual so you can wear it in your daily life and not just for an event or a wedding or it's it's just the whole approach of making India up go up there in the fashion world is what I see happening and it's beautiful which is a great segue into our next segment which is all about homegrown brands oh lovely um, so obviously at the moment all eyes seem to be on India and there's a great boost in the industry in general Um, Like you've just said, especially over the past decade, and there seems to be a lot of pride that's sort of being restored in our craft. So this segment focuses entirely on our homegrown brands. Basically, what I want you to do is tell us about some of your favorite brands. What is your go-to brand to style Ranveer in? Oh, wow. Uh, I think Dhruv Kapoor, Kanika Goel, Roche Studios, Dotake Ke, Saksha Kini, uh, you know, are my go-to brand for his uh, streetwear or casual stuff or stuff like that. And for like events or red carpets, it's usually Gaurav Gupta, Rohit and Rahul, Amit Agarwal. Uh, for Indian, it's Sabyosachi, hands down. Uh, these yeah. are, you know, it's it's like, it's out there. You see his looks and probably these are the only brands or I've named most of them that I play with. How about Karan Johar? Uh, again, uh, Dhruv Kapoor, Kanika Goel are right up there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we yeah. do a lot of customization and we also like love using masculine for making our suits. Yeah. And, you know, masculine are these old, they're old tailoring unit that actually did costume for films. And now we, we use them quite often. There is the maroon suit. There is Gaurav Gupta. Um, we recently collaborated with Rahul Mishra for the Enemy CC for Karan, which was amazing. Uh, we, it looked really good. Yeah. And uh, Rimpal and Harpreet. And they are basically female designers, you know, who make outfit for women. And we do something for Karan and it worked wonderfully. So oh, interesting. Yeah. How How did that come about. Sorry, I know this is supposed to be a rapid fire, but I'm very interested in knowing this. So uh, when we spoke about NMACC, we realized that we want to put India's best embroidery out there. And for some reason, I thought of Rimpel and Harpreet because I love their embroidery and I love what they do. And I thought it would be lovely to see that on a tuxedo, on a velvet tuxedo. And we reached out to them. And I think they've done a wonderful job by taking the you know, uh, Indian Maharajas as their inspiration. They also hand-painted certain things and then jeweled it up with embroidery. I mean, it was beautiful. It was exquisite. Um, And Rahul Mishra was uh, our our option instantly for the uh, main big event because we we knew that he would put in that much love, interest uh, and help us bring a whole story together. This is what I like in styling. We worked on a story for both the events. It wasn't just a look that disappeared. It was a story. We built a story together with the designer, with me, with Karan, with her. We had a art director who made up a set. Like it was a whole team work and yeah. it was a story we all built together. It was beautiful. And, and it really translated that. I'm so happy. I'm so happy it yeah. did. Um, what are your favorite jewelry brands? Oh, I love jewelry. Uh, depending on the look, I I use my favorite brands. I think for fashion jewelry, I've always, you know, for years used Ritika Sachdeva. There is uh, 
Quirksmith, there is Abhilasha Pret Jewelry, uh, there's Misho, there's Outhouse. Um, I love all of them, like each one of them. Um, I've collaborated with them multiple times and I love using them. And for fine jewelry, I usually go to Kishandas and uh, Co. Because they actually, I feel, understand Indian heritage heirloom pieces better than anybody else does. I also love working with Tiani and Anmol. And what are your favorite brands that do ethnic wear for men? So I really have enjoyed working with uh, Vipul Shah. He's made a lot of, he came up being a black bag designer, but he yeah. ended up doing a lot of jackets for us for men. What a segue, huh? Yeah, <laughs> it was great fun. Uh, then I've also loved working with Saksha Kini. You know, recently we made this one uh, ethnic mirror work jacket that we used on Karan and it was really, really cool. Oh, that was Saksha and Kini? That was Saksha and Kini. So I like picking out these fun pieces and then collaborating with designers who, you know, I love ethnic wear. I just love it. So it, it's something that I keep wanting to, uh, you know, work in. Actually, I love Hina Kochar, uh, menswear now, actually. Yeah. She started a whole menswear line, which we actually started. We made something for Karan White when she wasn't doing menswear. And now Hina Kochar started his, her own menswear line, which is lovely. It's beautiful. Uh, it has mirror work and it has tassels and it has embroidery patches and it's really quirky, fun. And I love when we get decorative with menswear. Yeah, I love it. I it's love adding so that nice. extra. And ethnic because it's it's you don't see it very often. Exactly. What are your go-to brands for every day? Dhruv Kapoor, Kanika Goals, uh, 656 Street, Saksha and Kinney, Chola, uh, The Jodi Life. I'm wearing that today. I mean, they're amazing. The quad sets are... Set. Yeah, they're lovely. So I feel these would be human. I love human. The t-shirts, I mean, you'd see me wear a human t-shirt at least five times in a week with just jeans. It's something that's the most comfortable. Uh, these are some of the brands that I really enjoy from day-to-day clothes. Who's your dream celebrity to style that you haven't yet worked with? Mm, who I haven't yet worked with? I feel I'd love to style Alia and I haven't worked with yeah. her yet. Yeah. And internationally, who would you like to work with? I would love to style Harry Styles. In what Indian label? Sabyasachi without a doubt. That's. I would love to see that. Yeah, for sure. Like give Sabyasachi outfit plus jewelry, a lot of brooches, some rings, Sabyasachi Lubitor shoes. I think it would be great to have him head to toe in Sabyasachi. I can't wait to see that. I really hope that happens. <laughs> I soon. hope so too. Wow, yeah, somebody hit it. <laughs> Harry's agent, please. Yeah. Um, what's What's most exciting to you about the future of homegrown labels? Um, I feel that we are. You know, the whole earlier we used to all look at international brands and what we wanted to use international brands. It made us feel special. It made us feel seen. It made us feel relevant. But now as the homegrown labels are becoming more and more bigger and better, uh, we actually enjoy wearing them. And we want as stylists and as actors who are or as celebrities who are walking the red carpet, I have seen that change where wearing a homegrown brand actually brings pride. Earlier, it used to be a thing that, oh, this one's wearing an Indian designer on the red carpet, how cool. It used to be the cool quotient why that designer was worn. Now the designer or the brand is actually worn because they are worth it and because they are so fabulous and because they look so good. So I feel that that change that has come about uh, is because of the effort that the homegrown brands are putting in to reach that stage. Uh, And this growth is phenomenal and it's being loved globally. And I think it's also really important to... um point out how important 
a stylist's role is in that happening. Yeah. You have to introduce the right brands to your clients. You know, you have to understand your client. And like, I remember I introduced Perot to Karan and he loved Perot. I introduced Perot to Ranveer and he wore it and those pictures went viral. But they hadn't known of that brand earlier, but they did relate to it once they saw it. So I think it's really important to understand your clients and introduce them to labels because that is your job. That's not their job. Your job is to dig and find uh, labels and brands and their ex- and understand their expertise and introduce them to your clients when the need are And what do you think homegrown brands could do differently or what more could they do to generate more interest in them? I feel as of now, the only thing that is lacking, I feel we are are seeing repetitive designs too soon and then that makes it, you've seen it already and you don't want to use them. Yeah. So I feel that what we can do is we can uh, reduce the visibility slightly and make it keep it more relevant uh, for the relevant events and relevant people and also what I feel we can do is work on newer collections and newer designs change the look of it so it doesn't look like you've already seen it but still keep your signature mark somewhere so it still speaks you so I feel that that is something that we are doing wrong yeah that makes sense is there something that you've purchased recently that you think has the potential to become an heirloom piece that was made by an Indian designer? I have a piece from Hina Kochar which I feel is going to become an heirloom piece. The embroidery is exquisite. Uh, It's something I feel I can keep wearing and you know it's going to I'm always going to get appreciation for it and I also feel that people like Hina Kochar and Surina Chaudhary and uh, Asim Kapoor uh, you know these designers who are working with Indian craft are the designers who are going to further make the heirloom pieces. I think we're all rediscovering our heritage. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I mean, this is from personal experience. When I did Ravan, I was gifted an Anarkali by Sabya Sachi as a part, because I was a part of the team. Uh, It was my first designer outfit ever. And it was a black Anarkali, uh, which I wore back then for the release of the film. Much later for uh, Ranveer's wedding, actually. Uh, And I wore it recently for an award show. So I'm saying it's been a 12-year journey with that outfit and I keep wearing it. I alter it a little bit, but it's a piece that I know is going to be with me forever. I love it. So I'm always looking out for those pieces and I feel we have a lot of designers who are making these kind of pieces now. Okay, so of course, you know, it's very exciting to see our homegrown brands finally get the recognition and be in the limelight for once. Um, Of course, collaborations have always been a great way to reinterpret a brand or a person's personality. And we've seen a lot of that happening off late between the East and the West. Um, Looking into the recent times, what are your favorite collaborations that you've resonated with? I think hands down the Gucci Adidas collab. Like I loved it. I live for collaborations. I love collaborations. There was a Nike Sakai, which, oh, it was amazing. Those shoes, I mean, I I bought two of them. Um, She's wearing the Adidas Gucci (laughs) ones right now and they're beautiful. (laughs) Yeah, so the Adidas Gucci, the Hacker Project, which was Gucci Balenciaga, uh, Nike Sakai. Uh, The upcoming one, which I'm actually waiting for, is the Adidas Montclair. I think it's going to be brilliant. These are some of the collaborations I loved. I've loved and I, I I love collaborations. Like I love, 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 love collaborations. Which Indian and Western designer would you like to see collaborate? Um, I think I would love to see a Dhruv Kapoor Balenciaga because I feel that that would be really cool. Like I, that would be really, really cool, I feel. And I would love to see like a Sabya Sachi McQueen. 
I think that would be something really beautiful. Um, yeah, I think so. So for the final segment of our podcast, Eka, we have an EMA, which includes questions from the BTB team. Um, how do you build a relationship with the person that you're styling? And what is that process like? Oh, it's really, really, really important and a long process. I think you discover something new about the person every single day. It's more important to build a relationship with their lifestyle than them itself. You know, you need to understand what their lifestyle is. You need to understand their wardrobe. I think as a stylist, it's not your job to just give them new clothes or new outfits to create a look. It's also important to understand their existing wardrobe. Uh, it becomes your go-to place for basics. It becomes your go-to place for any uh, plan Bs, you know, when your plan A doesn't work. Uh, so I feel it's really important to understand who they are, what they stand for, where they want to reach in terms of their public appearance, um, what are their likes, what are their dislikes, what is the perception of the audiences for them and how you would like to tweak that in their advantage. Uh, you know, what colors work on them, what their body type is like, uh, what are the designers that they've been seen in and what more can you do to enhance their public presence. I feel it's really, really important to help them uh, go to the next level in terms of their personal style and understanding themselves uh, when they dress up. Yeah, so I feel it's, it's a very long relationship and you keep learning more about each other every single day. What's your personal style like? How would you define that? Uh, I feel if somebody has to make a caricature of me, it would usually be in white jeans. Uh, I mean, in blue jeans, white shirt and Apple watch. And hoops. Functional. It's very functional. It's very basic. You know, they say something, there's a Hindi muhavra, which I can't remember. It's something on the lines of that a potter always has the most broken vessels. And it's something <laughs> like that. You know, as a stylist, I mean, I barely look into what I'm dressing myself up in because I am surrounded by options and clothes and brands. And then it's just the easiest for me to pick a white shirt, blue jeans. And it's just classic. It's just flawless. I can meet a really, uh, uh, you know, quirky uh, personality. I can meet a reputed director. I can meet whoever and feel comfortable when I'm wearing white shirt, blue jeans and an Apple watch for sure. <laughs> it's like that Steve Jobs way of dressing up. That yeah. formula. Yeah. Trust me, it is that. But it's also something that I really like and I'm comfortable in it. It's just, if I'm in a winter place, it would be a white sweater. That would be the only change. But the rest of it would remain the same. All right. But I do invest a lot in really cool shoes. Like I love sneakers and um, any new collabs, any new collections are out there. I get my hands on them because I feel that's what I play with when I'm wearing a white shirt, blue jeans. And what's your most prized possession? Oh, in terms of footwear? In terms of anything in your wardrobe? I still feel it would still be the same Sabya Sachi Anarkali that was gifted to me. It's just, it was gifted to me by Sabya Sachi Mukherjee. Come on. Yeah, that's a big one. It's a big one. It will be with me forever. Thank you so much, Eka. This was a great conversation. I hope you've enjoyed it. I have enjoyed it. And yes. I can't wait to be back. Are you going to get me back again? <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> Guys, let's make it happen. I think there's so much more yeah, to chat is. about. I feel like what... It's so true about you that you really are about the storytelling. Yeah. I you like really that. are. Yeah. And you've made, it, you've made this one a really, really comfortable one today. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> That was our chat with Acre. If you enjoyed this episode, follow us on your favorite streaming channel. This podcast is brought to you by Blur the Border, a community-driven marketplace. This show is produced by Ria Bambani and Vardhan Deshpande. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next week.